0: In the Hebrew, it means to hear. When you combine the two meanings together, the wilderness is a place where we go alone to hear the voice of God. To hear the voice of God. Moses was in the wilderness when he saw a bush that was burning but not being consumed. And he said, I will turn aside and see this great sight right? right it was the bush it was the wilderness that he decided to turn and see the great sight many times we have the feeling or the sense that God is is wanting to show us something he's wanting to do something he's he's wanting to help us with something but we, we do just don't know what it is have you ever had that feeling Where that he just feel like he's, he's wanting to say something, he's wanting to do something. But I want to tell you today, he's not going to give you that divine direction through all the clutter in your life. You're going to have to be willing to go to the wilderness so you can get clarity of what God is trying to say. It's got to become that important to you. That you're willing to hit pause so that you can, in the wilderness, when you're alone, when you're isolated, you can hear the voice of God. And like Moses, you can see and hear what God is wanting to say in our lives. Can you see why the enemy fights you so hard over it? Can you see why the enemy don't want you to go into the wilderness of fasting and prayer and and time alone? It's because he knows that when you get there and you shove everything else out and you push the pause button of life, you're going to hear the clear voice of God speaking into your life. It's one thing to feel the unction. It's one thing to feel that God's wanting to say something. It's one thing to feel like God is wanting to do something in your life. But if you don't know what it is, all it is is frustrating. Huh? But how am I going to get clarity? The only way I can get clarity is to hit pause and turn aside. And that's when the burning bush encounter takes place. As long as we're in a rush, we'll never have encounters. Let me say it this way, as long as you can do without encounters in your life, you'll continue to live life on the same level of the natural realm all of your life. But if you ever dare to want to say I'm tired of living in this natural realm I'm tired of doing and barely getting by and day in and day out and going through the rigors of emotions of life I want to get above this thing I want to see above it I want you've got to say it's time for me to push pause on my life and commit myself to a wilderness experience and in that wilderness experience I believe I'm going to hear the voice of God clearly amen. and when you have an encounter with God everything changes glory to God amen. so when just one encounter with God will change everything amen. amen so the wilderness is an extended period of alone time with Jesus to hear the voice of God. That's why fasting and prayer is important. The Holy Spirit draws you into a place not to beat you down, not to, to, to leave you alone, but so we can hear the voice of Jesus. We can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking into my life. Amen. And let me just stop and say today Jesus is really enough. Jesus is enough. I said Jesus is enough. Amen. He's enough. You don't need him and this. You don't need him and that. You don't need this and that and the other and him. Jesus is enough. And if you ever get, if you we have, you and I ever get Jesus, I want to tell you you have an encounter with Jesus. You hear His voice. You begin to see Him, and you have fellowship with Him. It's better than the biggest paycheck you'll ever get. He's it's better than than uh, experiencing a sports star or a movie star. It's better than an appointment with the best doctor in the world. When you have an encounter with Jesus, it'll change the trajectory of your life. Amen. Everything changes whenever we have an encounter with Jesus. And so if we really want life change, we've we've got to have an expectation to have a wilderness experience. You see, I know that I've been called to preach this glorious gospel and I'm honored to do it. But it's not my greatest call. It's not the greatest call on my life. My greatest call on my life is not to preach because the region that I even have been called to preach is a second, because of a secondary consequence of sin. And if man had never sinned, then I'd have never been called to preach. And I won't continue to preach when I get to heaven. Come on, somebody. But my, one, but, but my greatest call in life is twofold. Number one is to be a worshiper. Amen. Because whenever this life is over, I'll no longer preach, but I'll continue to worship God. Amen. And so my worship to him, deserve, he deserves my worship. He deserves the, the greatest thing of my life and give him everything that I can. But then it lends itself to the greatest of the greatest cause, and that is to spend time with God. And I cannot spend time with God adequately and worship Him adequately until I have spent time with Him. But in spending time with Him, I can lavish Him with the worship that He is deserving of. If I don't know who he is, if I don't know how it, what his heart is, if I don't know what he longs for or desires, then I can't worship him properly. But in my greatest call and the greatest mandate upon my life is to be in his presence and know his heart and to know his desire. And in fulfilling that, I can fulfill my mandate upon the earth to give him praise, give him the glory, and give him the honor that he deserves. And that's the reason why most people can't worship God today. We can't even worship God whenever we've got a song to sing together. Let alone if we give it to him ourselves. You know how long our praise sometimes will last if we don't have a a written down song? About two seconds. Thank you Jesus. But can you worship Him from your heart? Thank God for the songs. Thank God for corporate worship. But, but but what about you? Do you know His heart that you can entertain heaven? Do you know His heart till you desire? Whenever you go into the room and, and, and the song stops, you don't have to stop praising Him. You don't have to stop giving Him glory because you know what His heart is and you say things that serenades heaven. Amen. Amen. You see, it's more than us just coming to church and, and singing some songs corporately because it most sometimes we don't even sing them. We let somebody else sing them for us, but that's not worship at all. It's not until I open my mouth it's not until I give him my hands and not until I give him my feet. It's not until I give him my exaltation and give him praise and glory and honor for what he has done that I have worshiped God. Amen. Amen. The thing that has caused me to do whatever I've been able to do in ministry and in life is not because I'm so smart. Any success that I've had in ministry, whatever that is, is because I know how to hear the voice of God. I know how to hear the voice of God. And whenever you can hear his voice, you can make decisions that will make you look like a genius. When you hear his voice, things will shift and things will change that you didn't have nothing to do with, but you heard his voice. Come on, somebody. When you hear his voice, he can give you direction for your life. When you hear his voice, he can help you with decisions that need to be made. And I wish I'd have been more obedient. I wish there'd been other times when I'd have listened to his call when he was leading me into the wilderness. And took time to turn aside and see and to hear what he wanted to say. But I'm thankful for the times that I did. But often when I have, often the results have been encounters with God. Hallelujah. In those encounters, I've heard his voice clearly that has given me direction for my life, for my family, and for the church. So I'm thankful for the wilderness. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 1, it said, Now concerning things offered to idols we know that we all have knowledge and knowledge puffs up but love edifies yeah. say that again now we concerning things offered to idols we know that we all have knowledge knowledge puffs up but love edifies when we know more than we've experienced, we're in trouble. Because that is, that is, the, that is the perfect uh, recipe for a Pharisee spirit. Pharisees knew a lot, but they had no experience. When we know a lot, but we don't experience what we know we will become pharisaical amen we will we'll become to a place where that we know a lot but we're puffed up question what would be the extent of your relationship with god if it was completely based on your experience not what you know What kind of experience with God would you have if everything was based on your experience and not just what you know about God, but what you've experienced God to be? Just a thought. Because God doesn't give us knowledge of him and his word just so we can be puffed up. Just so we can say, look at us. We know this and we know that and look at these silly people over here. That's pharisaical. That's what the Pharisees did. I'm glad I'm not like them. And it just puffs us up because we know it, but we never experienced it. This is the problem. If you don't do anything with what you know, the knowledge, then all it does is make you full of pride. But God doesn't give you something just for knowledge. He gives you something so that you can act upon what you know so that you can have an encounter or an experience with him. Amen? And when you have an experience, what you have come to know, then when that mixes together and you have an encounter with God, it doesn't make you puffed up, it humbles you. I promise you if God ever blesses you or blesses me to be able to be used in the gifts of the Spirit or the power of God or to be a hand extended or a voice ministering to people's lives, it'll never cause you to be prideful. It'll humble you that God has used you to be able to be a blessing to somebody else. And the encounter with God is this, that we must humble ourselves before Him and in doing so and acting upon what we know, the church is full of knowledge. But not encounters. Amen? But when you've encountered God, it'll humble you. The modern church has a lot of knowledge and we're proud of it. Amen. Amen. The modern church has knowledge, and and and, and knowledge isn't wrong. But knowledge—if you stop at knowledge, it's going to puff you up, and you'll be full of pride. Thought I'd take me a drink because you're quiet, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Amen. Knowledge is, is, is good, but it's the beginning. Now you have to act upon that knowledge. You have to take it into the wilderness so you can have an encounter with God. Today, the modern day church, and I'm not against it. I don't want you to hear that today. But today, thank God for all of the knowledge and the wisdom and all that we have. But listen to me. We, today, the modern day church is full of knowledge. They can tell you how God does everything, but they can't manifest nothing. The old church couldn't tell you how God did anything, but they knew how to manifest it. They knew how to heal the sick. They knew how to set the captive free. They know how to deliver the oppressed. They knew how to pray heaven into the earth. They knew that whenever they encounter, they had encounters with God and they couldn't tell you how it happened but all they knew was is that God was good and in that wilderness experience they'd hear God's voice. They'd act upon God's voice and something supernatural would take place. I'm telling you today that we don't have to decide whether we want one or the other. We can have them both we can have the knowledge of God which is good but take it into the wilderness experience because you see knowledge brings us to faith faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God faith leads us into the wilderness and in the wilderness we have times with Jesus and when we have times with Jesus he leads us from knowledge into an encounter of what we know is to be so manifest in our lives We don't just know a thing, we experience it for ourselves. And when you have no experience for yourself, then you can't really convince anybody else of it. But when you've had an experience for yourself, nobody can talk you out of it. Amen. Whenever you, you haven't experienced salvation for yourself, then somebody can talk you out of it. But when you have experienced His grace and His mercy in your life, talk to your blue in the face. You cannot t- talk me out of what Jesus has done in my life. When you've experienced Him for yourself, nobody can talk you out of it. We don't need to know more. We, we know a lot. Now we need... To allow the knowledge to lead us into the wilderness. And having a divine encounter with God of what we know. Huh? What we know to encounter, uh, to happen in our life so that we can experience his goodness. Let that knowledge become a fire in your belly. Amen. Amen. Let that knowledge become. Let that knowledge begin to work inside of your belly until until you say, "I'm not going to be satisfied till I experience this." Hallelujah. Until I experience divine healing, until I experience the Holy Spirit, until I experience restoration, until I experience the goodness of whatever it is that He's giving you knowledge about. Let it burn in your belly till it becomes reality in your life. Amen. We don't need more. We need an encounter. Amen. Amen. Our foundation is Jesus. Can we agree on that? Our foundation is Jesus. He said, let not not any other foundation be laid than that of Jesus Christ. So Jesus is our foundation here today. What do you do with the foundation The foundation isn't the end of a thing. A foundation is the beginning of a thing. And then on the foundation, you build the house. Huh? So Jesus is the beginning. He's the cornerstone. He's the foundation that we build upon. And so we are building upon Jesus, but what are we building upon him? What are you building on him? If Jesus is the foundation, if Jesus is the beginning, what are you building on him? I'll tell you what you're building on him. It's your foundation. It's your encounter. Can I say it this way? It's your gospel. Huh? Can you hear that today? It's your gospel. You know, like the gospel according to Matthew. The gospel according to Luke. The gospel according to John. The gospel according to, to you. Right? How did they do it? They looked at it and they Matthew has an encounter with Jesus. And he writes it down. Glory to God. He said, I was there the day and I I seen him as as, as Barnabas was coming by. And and he he was crying out, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. And, and, And Jesus stopped in the road. And I seen him as he healed blind Bartimaeus. Huh? You see, all it is, is is, it's the gospel according to Matthew. This is his perspective. This is his encounters. And Jesus said, lay no other foundation than me. But now I've got to build on that. I've got to have, take the encounter. I've got to take the gospel according to Brian Matthews. Hallelujah. And I've got to build a foundation and say, I'm not just full of knowledge, but I've seen the goodness of God. I've been in the wilderness and I'm not an encounter with him. Him, that I know that He not only saves you, but He heals you, and He fills you with His sweet Holy Spirit, and He can give you power over all the powers of the enemy. And I've witnessed these blind eyes open, and I've seen the demonic set free. I've seen those that are pressed and suicidal filled with the goodness and the joy of God. What is it? It's the Gospel according to Brian. You got to build on that. And if we don't tell the story, who's going to? Amen. The gospel according to David. Huh? My Lord. When they hear the story of the gospel according to David, how that it's sitting in a prison cell and and God would send an angel there and and make a way out of no way and turn his life around. Hallelujah. Now y'all ain't getting it. That was sorry for a Presbyterian church. I said, when God turns your life around, it's worthy to be that testimony according to David to say, this is the foundation. I'm building upon this and God's doing something great in my life. You see, it's not that the gospel is bad. We're bad salespeople. (laughs) Amen. Amen. You know... I'm, I'm not one to go around asking for stuff. I'm not good at that. I'm not saying that's bad. You got to have somebody sometimes ask, but I'm not good at that. I'm not good at selling things. <coughs> I'd rather give it away and sell it. Amen? Amen. <coughs> because I'm not one to negotiate things. I, if I'm going to sell something and... Um, I'm to Brother Jack here. I'm going to tell him what I want for it, not a price higher, so he can negotiate with me. So if I'm going to sell it to him, don't come asking me, well, can you take $10 less? No, this is what I want to give you for. Right? right. Amen. But we know that all that ain't how it works out here in the world. <laughs> Amen? So I'm not good at that. But whenever you're a salesperson, you know, People don't go, go and say, well, I just wanted to ask you, do you, want, do you want to buy a vacuum cleaner? I don't figure you do, but I thought I'd just ask you. I didn't think you would, but I thought I'd just ask you if you, you wanted a vacuum cleaner. No, that ain't the way it works, right? Somebody, whenever somebody is a salesperson, they say, I've got something you need. It's the greatest vacuum cleaner that you have ever seen in your life. This vacuum cleaner can be turned on at the front door and suck a bowling ball out of your closet in the hallway. (laughs) And the person replies, I don't have carpet. And you say back to them, but someday you will and you're going to need this vacuum cleaner when you get that carpet. Huh? Is it true? And that's the reason why I say we're bad, bad salespeople because we walk around and say, uh, I'm saved, but I know you don't want this. You ain't interested in this. No, no, this is the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. We're we're building upon a foundation. If it was built on me, I'd be concerned. Amen. If it was built on you, I'd be concerned. But this is built upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are now telling our testimony according to what Jesus has done in our lives. Amen. And the good news is if he did it for me, then baby, he can do it for you. Hallelujah. Come on and give him a praise here this morning. reality is all of us should have a gospel all of us should be telling of our encounters with jesus christ that changed our lives right right. christianity was never meant to be a religion it's always been meant to be a relationship and your time alone with god will never be wasted Amen. amen I'm gonna say that again. Your time alone with God will never be wasted. Amen. Now, can I get anybody honest enough in here today to tell you everything in your flesh fights that? Amen. Everything in your flesh tells you, you you better get out of here. You got to do this, you got to do that. This needs to be done. This over here needs to get done. The, the, the people are waiting on you. People are calling your phone, people that hadn't called you in a year are calling you. I need you. But here's the reality. That when we were willing to push pause and take time with God. Those times are never wasted. What what happens? The Bible said I will make a road in the wilderness. And I'll make streams in the desert. Glory to God. Amen. If you hit pause. What you expected that you would have to deal with, you'll never have to deal with. How do I know? Because he said, they that wait upon the Lord. Yeah. If you'll give me a little latitude today, those who hit pause in life. Right. Go to the wilderness and wait for, your, what, for what you already know to become a reality in your life and have an encounter with God. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew Does anybody need renewed strength? That's where you find your strength. That's where you find your help. That's where you find your hope. It's in hitting that pause button. Whenever it seems like you're not doing anything, you're doing more than you can ever do in your life, running as hard as you can. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. Huh? Have you ever got tired of running? They will walk and not faint. What is he telling me? I don't know what that scripture tells you, but many years ago, this is what it meant to me. God said, if you'll wait on me, if you'll spend time with me, I'll cause you to soar over things you would have had to walk through. Hallelujah. I'm telling you today that it will wait on God. It will spend time with God. It will make Him priority in our life. We can expect a wilderness experience where that we'll hear His voice clearly. And what has been only knowledge will become a revelation of empowerment and an encouraging spirit to know that this can be a divine encounter. And when I encounter it, it will transform my life. Amen. Amen. I'm done, Anthony. <laughs> so nudge your neighbor and ask him do you want to walk or do you want to fly? Somebody said to me one time, they said, I'm scared of flying. I said, dear God, if I ever get rich, I'm going to fly to the store. (laughs) Amen. Put a landing pad on Walmart. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'd rather fly any day than to drive. Amen. Amen. Choose, do you want to drive for twelve hours or do you want to get there in forty-five minutes? You're gonna have to hurry up, son, or I'm gonna start preaching again. How many know the higher you get, it changes everything? The things that look like are so big here on earth, when you're walking around, when you're driving around, it looks so large. But get about 32,000 feet in the air. Huh? And the house looks like a pinhead. Is it true? I don't know about you, but I'd rather spend time with him. Because when I spend time with him, what seems like in my flesh is wasted time. He's going to cause it to be an acceleration in my life. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Stand with me today. Our times of fasting and prayer are not just going through religious religious rigors, but it's so that we can have divine counters, it's so we can have God moments, it's so that we can have times of not just information, but times of inspiration, times of manifestation. So it's good to get the knowledge, but if you don't get the knowledge, it won't lead to faith. But it can never just stay at knowledge because it puffs up. So I got for it's, it's got to work in me. It's got to be a fire in my belly that says there's more to God. God's wanting to do something. God's wanting to show me something. God's wanting to say a thing to me. And it's got to be a fire in my belly that takes that knowledge that I've learned and then it leads to faith and faith leads me to the wilderness and my wilderness leads me to an encounter with God that will change everything how many really want to be changed in this season in this time in this 2020 in in this time of of the season that we're in we just want God to do something we want to see him do something he's never done before I, I want you just to be more real in my life than I've ever been God this season of consecration isn't just about causing my flesh to suffer or you seeing how much I can go through it, it's about me hearing your voice and so Father I pray in this wilderness experience for each and every one that is just chose to say God I'm going I'm to set aside this time I pray today, Father God, let us not just shut out the world, let us just hit the pause button, but let us hear your voice. God, let the information turn to inspiration that will inspire us. Let it be called faith in our hearts that we would have a divine encounter with you in these moments. I pray for each and every one today. Would you just raise your hands with me today? I pray for each and every one here today, God. Lord, maybe some have started, maybe some did the first day and and then things happen. I pray today, maybe some haven't ever started the fast this week. I pray today, God, that we would just say yes. God, for the remainder of these 21 days, whatever it is that you put in our hearts to do, we just say we're going to set it aside so we can spend time with you. I pray, God, that we have what Jesus had. We have an encounter and we have a wilderness. Let the wilderness, let the thoughts the, that have been created in our minds of what a wilderness is, let it be erased from us. Like, God, like a, our minds being a whiteboard, erase what we have thought the wilderness is. And let us experience, God, hearing your voice, spending time alone with you. That God that will develop a divine encounter that will be more than just a day, a week, a month, or a year. But God, it'll be, our, it'll be our gospel that we share with others. God, we love you and we thank you for this today in the name of Jesus. Amen. As Brother Anthony plays, if somebody here today.